Well, hello and welcome to Crosswires. It is Jay, and today we are here in the cloud of Squadcast to talk about cloud gaming and cloud computing, but primarily gaming from, from that angle. But a few of the products we have do have a cloud computing aspect or have dabbled in it. So I am joined by my lovely co-host, my best friend and my partner, James. How are you doing? I am doing good. I will not lie. I am incredibly tired. This is our second podcast of the evening. The first one is a, was a redo of our WWDC coverage, which did go really, really happy with it. But it lasted a long time. This might, I, I will warn people if, it, well, in fact, you already heard the episode, you might have already skipped it. Now, we do have a slight dilemma tonight. Somehow, my amazing co host and partner has managed to book a guest who shares the pronunciation of her first name. And in <laughs> fact, what Siri thinks her name actually is. So we've got a slight problem. And I want to make a proposal how we solve this problem. My J my co-host and uh, producer is going to be Jay Beta. Okay. Oh. Okay. And our guest is going to be Jay Alpha. <laughs> okay. There we go. I, I'm getting thumbs up from Jay Alpha. Now, uh, Jay Beta, would you care to introduce your friends and our guests? I got a question though. Are you are you, are you going Alpha and Beta like a certain <laughs> YouTuber? Well, you see, I did think I did think because of the other guest name, but maybe it made sense to let. The guest oh, BJ Alp. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I see where you're going. You're not going in power dynamics. You're going in the Greek alphabet. Okay. Okay. Yes. Because, I mean. And also, Beta does kind of work with your surname as well, sweetheart. That is true. That is so, true. All right. After you. I mean, with that, with, with the beard that that uh, that that Jay Alpha has, Jay can definitely be in in, in Alpha and all that. Because so one of my one of my friends I've known for so many years, probably 2011. Over a decade now that I that I've that I've known um, is Jay. So Jay, how are you doing this evening? Um, fantastic, Jay Beta. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Jay Alpha. <laughs> it's, it's been, this it's is going to go while, wrong very very soon. <laughs> uh, how about J A and J B? Oh, I like oh, that. I like, I like, yeah, yeah, that uh, works. Yeah. That works. <laughs> uh, and you brought a, a your co-host Omega. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Omega, I, I, I'm trying to remember, were you on the online fan forums where, where I met um, where, where I met J.A.? Actually, I was not. Unfortunately, I was not. Uh, by the time the uh, J.B. And, uh, and I, we were actually parting ways uh, when uh, we were working together that's when pretty much we still kept in touch we worked together for many years uh, in the same company when he actually when i decided to leave i i left first but we still kept in touch and then he left the company thereafter uh, he actually mentioned to me that he was finally happy working for on live and he explained to me about the uh the forums the gaming and i was very happy for him uh, so that that's pretty much how I knew that he was he was actually working there. Because because I met Jay on the online fan forums back. Jay first was uh, running, I, I mean, doing a lot of like behind the scenes work for different things. Kind of like I, I mean, I, I almost say you were a unofficial community manager for OnLive, and the fact that you were 
like trying to keep the discussions going. You were doing a lot of like, like sparking discussions. You also started a podcast called the breaking point and all that and, and about things, including on live, but it was, it was definitely like, <laughs> I felt like you, you were one of the people that, that made that, that fan form really cool. And I remember the day that, that, that you announced that you were working for on live. And I remember like, you were just so excited and, for those who don't know, OnLive was a cloud gaming service started by Steve Perlman. And actually, Slopes Game Room has an interesting video about the history of Steve Perlman, about the history of OnLive. And it was quite an amazing service that it was a service trying to be the last device you ever need or the last computer you ever need that you would buy apps or you would subscribe to a service on it and you would have access to the games on any device. And one of the things they had was a micro console that, that was like an HDMI box that, that you could plug into any TV into ND TV, then connect to it with a controller. And did that one have mouse and keyboard support or am I thinking wrong? I, I don't believe it did. It had the Bluetooth for the game pad and an ethernet port. I don't, I think you can use Wi-Fi if you bridged it, like a bridge connection, maybe. Yes, that's right, because it was it did not have it did not have Wi-Fi, and it makes sense because Wi-Fi would have been very unstable on that. It was definitely, and I I went all in, like I saw this and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, and like I was on a Mac, um, I'm still on the Mac now, but I was on a Mac at the time, and I loved how immediately I I started the the free trial, and I was into Arkham Asylum and games like that without having to download. Or am I wrong on that? Was it in the browser or was it all app? It was all through software, but during, this is a little behind the scenes thing, on version two in V2 of OnLive, they were working on a browser-based version that was, I think, maybe released as a demo for maybe a week, and then they pulled the plug. I don't know why, but yeah, that was the closest thing to the browser version. And. Obviously, um, Jay, let us know if there's anything that we need to cut because I, 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 I don't know if you have any NDAs with anything. Oh, cause, no. Not okay. anymore. We're good. <laughs> good. I, I just want to make sure because because uh, <laughs> for those who don't know, OnLive, and we're going to talk about OnLive and also how it relates to now, OnLive was bought by Sony. Because remember, Sony bought OnLive and Gaikai and used the, the, the technology for their PlayStation Now service. It certainly did. I think they bought the uh, assets for OnLive, the technology, they implemented it, and like you said, merged it with Gaikai to make uh, PlayStation Now. Uh, so essentially, you're playing a customized kind of version of OnLive when you're playing PlayStation Now. And what I loved about OnLive, again, was how easy it was to get into the software to, to play games, and, and I mean, even to buy games. I probably spent <laughs> a good couple thousand dollars on games for OnLive. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the best thing that they implemented, though, was the um, the CloudLift service where you would get a CD key, a Steam key, with every purchase yes. for backup. I, I've still got a, some, some wow. Steam game, because that was especially with uh, 2.0, they were adding that. And I, I I actually got a few games I've still been, I can play now, like Stribblenauts, with that. And and that was one of the best ways, because they said, they, they were kind of like, we might lose one day go under and i think um people saw the writing on the wall but that online was kind of bleeding money yeah i mean the worst case scenario happened but in the end i mean the customers that purchased through the cloud lift still have those games to this day yeah so that was a that was a good thought on there on their part i guess wow B based on what you guys are actually what you all describing right here right now is actually it, it sounds like OnLive was actually the OG of cloud gaming. Mm. 
Yeah, because Gaikai was was starting to come around, and and one of their big things was being able to, for instance, on game trailers or game demos, immediately launch you into a game from the browser. And there was kind of the competing which one was a better service latency. Because at the time, the biggest issue with both, and still one issue that we'll have now, and we'll kind of discuss that a little bit later, but is latency while you're playing, but on live was pretty amazing. Like I beat uh, um, Arkham Asylum, beat a pretty good portion of Arkham City. James, uh, uh, James and Omega. But since both of you have, hadn't been as much on live, what are some questions you have? Because I want to want to answer some like questions oh, first. That's a good, that's a good well, question. Um, p- pretty much back in the day when uh, JB and I used to work together, and. Obviously, that was just about the time the the Facebook it was also starting to become very popular and whatnot. And while uh, we were working together, we came up with our own f- gaming forum, uh, what you call where I was actually had this service, this hosting service. It was magnificent. I was actually just paying about literally sixty nine dollars a year, and I got all this amazing uh, what you call. Uh, services, PHP, data, WordPress, every every platform that you can imagine, so that you can create whether it was a forum, a business, anything like that. And then him, him and I, we actually start looking into starting our own uh, gaming forum, <clears throat> and uh, we actually were able to uh, upload this uh, these skins and stuff like that. So that's how we are, we were actually starting to actually learn how to uh how to actually be into the forums and whatnot and then jay uh started to actually know that it's a big deal he actually kind of he actually got so many uh things going on at the same time and i learned so much from him when he was actually learning about the codes of the forums, uh, how to actually be an administrator, how to actually uh, uh, make sure they to actually put rules and things like that, to the point that I was like, wow, you know, you're learning so much in such a short period of time. I was like, I, I don't think that I can keep up with you. <laughs> and then uh, what you call he, not that it's, again, not a big deal. Uh, you know, when it comes to all these things and all these questions, uh, I if I happen to have any questions or anything like that, he's the person that I actually look forward to to actually ask anything that we actually have to do. Awesome, and I, I guess I mean because I I remember hearing about on live and reading about it and watching reviews, and I never. Here's a question: What was the sort of internet connectivity requirement for that early day? For that early when on live was new. What would people expect? What were you expecting people to have? I believe at first they were claiming, I mean, nothing that, that like Stadia or anything like that right now is saying that you would need it. It wasn't too excessively high. Right. I think they were saying maybe about 15 megabits per second. I don't know if that sounds right, Jay. So um, the uh, minimum requirements, it can, it can, in, 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 a network connection with a minimum bandwidth of two megabytes per second. Ooh, to wow. It. <laughs> I, I, wow. I was kind of close. Do you mean make it just to be clear, make a bit or make a byte? Megabits. megabits and MBPS. Okay. <laughs> just checking. Just checking. Which is, which is just, just to put for people who maybe are way younger than some of us, mm-hmm. two megabits <laughs> is, was fast. <laughs> At a certain point in the 
early 2000s to mid 2000s if you had the two megabit connection you were you know doing all right yeah. i remember my school getting a one megabit line i was like oh my gosh we've got a megabit and i think it, that was the era for the dsl modems. yeah mm. and, and and i definitely know that the more you got the the better your internet was the lower latency because part of part of cloud gaming is that you're hosting the the, the game on a, on a data center somewhere mm-hmm. and and while you're playing it's sending you all of the game data and then also trying to process your controller input send it back process the change and back in, the, in like in a split seconds i mean so cloud gaming is an incredible feat but there were some ways that there was definitely a lot of latency and and and, 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 and like you could definitely feel that with on live yeah there there were mornings where as a community manager i had to stream on twitch and Saints Row Three was my gosh. Um, it was it was pain. It was painful. Like uh, every morning, I would get up and I'd have to stream for like maybe two hours at a time. And um, you, I think you would show up sometimes, Jay. Yeah. Um, there were there were there were a whole bunch of people from online fans. I can't even remember all the names right now, but they would show up all the time. It was it was really fun. And you would have a genuinely good and entertaining and fun time with the community until just. Uh, 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 uh. latency <laughs> fixing and artifacting and it would just get really frustrating after a while yep and <laughs> sometimes it felt like it never re- re- fixed itself and you would end up dying in the game in critical moments i remember when they added um what was it some of the dreamcast games like what what is the um, radio or jack Ryan radio he, no. not that one the uh space one the 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 the, space the space, five. yes and that game was definitely very much tuned for fast controller input. That game did not work on that, on live. That's why there wasn't many uh, any music games on live. I imagine latency for music based games and on live and cloud gaming probably not good. I, I don't think there's probably any that are on any cloud gaming services at this point. I'm not sure. Wow. So with that, um, on live came and went because it, it was definitely a it was a service that I think a lot of companies looked at because they liked the appeal. But they also saw how on live, again, blood money. It was a service that didn't get enough funding. I mean, it didn't feel like it was paying the the bill because you got a play pack with like so many games, which kind of similar to the Game Pass you have now, and similar to like how many with with with, with X Cloud. But online did not have the infrastructure the same way that like Google has their 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 cloud, um, Amazon has their cloud, Microsoft has their cloud. And they definitely struggled with trying to pay for all that. I know OnLive started an online desktop side feature because they were trying to go after enterprise and they were trying to do things similar to Amazon Workstation. Biggest problem with them online desktop was you were very locked on what you could do. You couldn't just install anything. So enterprises were, and I know enterprises were trying. The other issue with OnLive was developer support because developers had to make the, a specific port of their game for OnLive and it cost more developer time. And sometimes I remember, like, what was it? Was it Shadow of Middle um, Shadow of Mordor, Rings? I think, yeah, Shadow of Mordor that had some glitches and some things missing in the online version that were in the PC version. That was a big thing. I remember it was there. And OnLive had the had achievements. One of the things that I thought was so cool about OnLive, anybody could watch you 
play the game that they could watch while you're playing. Cause like I had a friend who would watch me play amnesia. He, he would, he would log in to online and we, and he would like in the evening, we would chat on the phone while I'm playing amnesia and all that. And he saw me die so many times to like the, uh, Karnak and stuff like that. So there were some definitely innovative features, but yeah, that's, and then eventually the Sony, mm-hmm. the arena. Yes. That was so cool with like, mm-hmm. you could see different people's perspectives in FPS games. You can give the thumbs up or the thumbs down while they're playing. Yeah. It, it was kind of doing what Twitch has started doing in a lot of ways with, mm. and, and like their, their, the Twitch guest started bringing people in. It was doing a similar service and that was really cool. I was cool to see people's perspective. You could switch cameras. So when OnLive was bought out by, by, by Sony, they brought the PlayStation now, which again, I still think is a really cool service, but I kind of want to talk about some of the state of cloud gaming now and kind of going to want to talk about like the cloud gaming versus remote play services because there are some remote remote play services some that connect to a remote system or or in a data center but some also that that connect to your home um systems so for instance like i would do ps ps remote play and i would i would connect to my ps4 and ps3 through my vita i remember being like like across the country playing final fantasy 14 on my vita (laughs) and it was playing on, on there and there is a lot of really cool things in that regard, but like James has has history with like uh, services like Li- Liquid Sky and Shadow. Mm. Well, before we go into that, I j- just wanted to ask a question uh, of, uh, of J Alpha. Uh, so obviously, what you mentioned Dreamcast games. Was this what was going on behind the scenes? Were these Dreamcast games that got ported to on live by the devs, or was it a literal case of having? How did the hardware side? I mean, if you know, how did the hardware side work? Was it what we're what we're looking at now in terms of these virtualized systems, or how? Because it strikes me that it doesn't sound as as simple as that. Well, regarding the library, it was a mix of Sega. I believe even Sega Master, not Master System, but Genesis games. Like I think Ultimate okay. was on there too. Dreamcast oh, nice. titles. Um, I don't being community manager. I wasn't previewed to a lot of things in general but regarding the hardware and how they did it i imagine they had to do some sort of porting like they do every other title that they would like have jay mentioned i don't know the actual process behind it but i'm I'm sure that's similar to the way that you would port over any other pc title or or console right so it it wasn't a case you weren't playing a cloud-based dreamcast it was these games were ported to on live service right i just just wanted to clarify yeah they were in the plate there was a play pack feature where it was similar to the game pass now and uh, i guess playstation plus with the free games um where you would scroll through it of a vertical bar of titles and they were included gotcha that makes a lot of sense that's that's really cool and it is it is very interesting to to see how far we've come which i guess is what jj beta is jp jb well, it's jb um jb's talking about because you know my as, as jay she said I, i've got experience i when i moved to mac i'm like i really miss gaming i didn't have really have a console for a while and i tried things like with liquid sky which went a bit sort of like it worked but then um it took ages and then we abandoned my mac client and released a new version i think they've gone now I'm in shadow and these are these are actual your own personal windows based pc in the cloud 
which is very different to something like OnLive, which is a hosted service that enables you to play their list of titles. Whereas on something like Shadow, you can... It's a Windows PC. Do whatever you want to it. Mm-hmm. Install Steam. And and would you say that is... When, when we're defining what we mean by cloud gaming for this episode, we're more... Is it fair to say we're more, look, more looking at the services like what OnLive was, like Xbox Game Pass, like PlayStation Now, which obviously is effectively the, the evolution of on live We're, are we more looking at that side of things compared and maybe things like uh, you know switch online's um not switch online um the, the games on switch that are cloud versions cloud editions is would you say there's a quite a distinction there between those two sets of i believe that on live was unique in its own way in comparison to the current offerings because not just the games were in the cloud but the actual interface itself was all cloud-based. If it was artifacting or there was pixelation, your menus were even showing it. Uh, Those were lagging. And I don't know of any other service that runs like that. And it was pretty much like a walled garden service. You know, you could only access the menu, um, the certain features that OnLive gave you access to that were all created exclusively for the OnLive service. Right, okay. So it literally was the whole thing was cloud delivered, whereas a something like, for example, Game Pass on Xbox, the interface to load the games is all native on the Xbox. So even if your game's lagging, your Xbox menus for Game Pass won't be. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, but I know even xCloud has like a web interface. So I wish, but that might be HTML5. I mean, it might not be. Yeah, but OnLive is delivering everything in the cloud. Yeah. Wow. And it didn't have a browser feeling to it either. When you were no. when you were playing the inter- using the interface, especially the online version one, with the arena and the square boxes everywhere and everything, and it, it was a, an interactive uh, graphic user graphical user interface. Like you would see in the background little screenshots of bright clips of people playing in while you were navigating your menus. It just seemed very immersive. Yeah, and and like I remember, I I would take that everywhere. I would like when, when I went to when I went to my friend's house, I would bring my my micro console with my controllers. I remember going to uh, Florida and like staying at staying at a, at, at, a, at a at a at a room, and we hooked it up to the TV. Um, I found a way to bridge the micro console to my to my computer for the internet, so I thought it was on Ethernet, and we would play it in the in the room. Huge artifacting, but we finished all of a some of the, some of the Lego games on on live in that regard. Wow. Like we we did a wow. lot of that stuff, and it was it, it was cool because it was supposed to be your everything for gaming. That like no matter where you were, I know they were starting to get on Android devices, and I think there was even there was an Android possible. The iPhone, because of because of different regards, there was a lot of issues getting iPhone stuff to work. And it's actually one thing that I'm impressed that uh, I believe Stadia and some of these places, I'm impressed that they've been able to get iPhone clients. They did, but online could because if online could have cracked that, can I? Can I? Could have. Can I? Yeah. Should I? Do it. Do it. They do did. It. They had an iOS app. It just wasn't getting approved. And during certain meetings I have, they were even considering uploading it to the jailbroken app clients like uh, City. Oh, and things to like City. That. Oh, wow. But they didn't do that it. That would have been great. I wonder why. I mean, 
Apple's App Store rules were very weird in the early days. I mean, we're still a bit weird now, but you could purchase yeah. games through their interface. I think that's what it was. Oh, that's why, of course, because that makes sense. Because Apple, of course, being Apple, wouldn't want anyone doing and- digital <laughs> transactions on their platform without them having a cut. Oh, of course. And without getting into some libel, OnLive had an interesting s- founder and CEO, wouldn't you say? Perlman, man, right? I mean, <laughs> I wasn't there. I never met the guy, but like you hear the stories about what was the E3 and him blowing up. I think it was E3. Yeah. And you have to wonder if maybe if maybe he wasn't helping with some of the discussions with Apple. You never know. Like uh, Maybe well, not. I mean, I, well, I, hang on. This would, okay. would this have been the time? Sorry to interrupt. But would this been the time? Would Would Mister Jobs have still been with us at the time? No, he well, sort of. Yeah, because online online left in 2011 or 12, wasn't it? I think it was 12. Well, here's the thing: like online fans, I looked at today in Wayback Machine was around in 2009. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're so yeah, gotcha. And. Yeah, so that would definitely have been in the Jobs era, and as things were starting to change, yeah, a, a I think bit. I joined the beta in two thousand nine. Wow. I, I think it was late nine to ten. I was somewhere in that regard because I got my PS three in eleven. I got my PS three after OnLive imploded. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my when I got my PS three. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it was, it was, it was incredible, and and it's. I still have a fond memory to it, but I will definitely say I have a very. I, I'm very skeptical because uh, we just had another passing of another cloud service. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Google Stadia. So Google Stadia right. started as Google Project Stream, and it was doing a lot. I, I remember getting into the beta of that, playing um, um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey in, in my browser, and I was like, this is actually pretty cool. But I thought, hmm, Google. <laughs> Google likes to kill off services. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, I was skeptical to invest much money in buying anything. I think I spent maybe like 70 bucks on Stadia, but thankfully they refunded every almost everyone, I think. Which, that was incredible, because yeah, when OnLive went away, other than the games that we did in CloudLift, yeah. everything else, I, I, st- I still have a micro console at my parents' house that I need to... <laughs> yeah, I, I work for oh, them, you and I'm better. I because I, I, I spend money on on games and on live and I didn't even like it's it, it leaves me feeling very um cynical regarding cloud gaming and kind of hesitant to invest money in games like if somebody were to try to resurrect the cloud game the cloud lift service from on live where you every every cloud based purchase you make you receive a Steam key or an Epic key as a backup just in case something happens I, I would be down with that yeah. And that's maybe the difference as well, isn't it? If we think about um, where we are today, I, I take Game Pass as an example because it's the one I really know well. That's a subscription. So you never own those games. Yeah. Whereas on Live and Stadia, Stadia, you were actually buying games. You were buying copies of games to play. It was BYOG, wasn't it? Bring your own games. Whereas on Live... Well, buy yeah, buy your own games. Well, yeah, buy your, yeah, yeah, but buy, uh, buy mm-hmm. your own games. And again, I think that's an, a very interesting problem we have. Again, going back to the young child buying his copies of Alien Breed Tower Assault or uh, the latest uh, Lemmings game on floppy disk. Yes, <laughs> floppy disk. <laughs> I. I owned physical media. So even if Team 17 stopped making worms for whatever reason, I still had a copy that I could play because they couldn't take that away. 
Whereas with on life, as you said, unless you'd gone through that cloud lift, cloud lift fraction and gotten, and, and actually even then, what, even if you had a steam key, what's been to stop steam saying, actually, you know what? We've had a disagreement with the developer. We're pulling it from steam. So you can't, even if you own it, you can't download Access it again. It. Mm. Yeah. James, that is a fantastic point. Jay, do you remember GameStop and what they, uh-huh. they supposedly did? Well, what, what was it? Deus or how we pronounce it? X the game. There was, yes. they were supposed to come with a on live redeemable code slip in every game, the console game. And rumor has it, the GameStop had employees going through everyone, opening the brand new ones and removing the codes and, re- and just selling the game by itself. Oh Whoa. my gosh. Wow. Yeah, I remember that because I. I <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is GameStop. So, uh, <laughs> given that I'm a UK citizen and not at all a US citizen and therefore not liable, uh, <laughs> it sounds like GameStop. Um, yeah. yeah. I would say that, that them who. Yeah. Um, would say back used games at. at, at uh, we, we would buy used games at way lower than they'll sell back to their, their to the customers. <laughs> and one like one thing that that like is different about like even Xbox Xbox Cloud and PlayStation Now uh, is that Xbox Cloud and I think PlayStation Now I I have not used this one but uh, Xbox Cloud you can literally play on a PC play on an Xbox then go into the, into the cloud and your 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 save data goes between all three um, and I. Think PlayStation Now, if I remember right, PlayStation Now at the time was like a PS3 in the cloud for you when you were playing yes. it. So you could migrate your data from the PS3 on the cloud. You, and I, I actually moved some of my, my data from a, from a local copy to a cloud copy and back and forth. Whereas like on live, it was all on the cloud. Even if you had the Steam Lift, I, I don't believe. Am I wrong in this, Jay, that the games that were also on Steam, the saves didn't sync? I believe they did, but I don't know if you remember the. This was around the transition when Steam or Valve started actively using the Steam Guard, and they didn't have the grass, not the grass, but the. Um, it, it was still kind of like in a beta stage, I guess you could say. Mm. So you would yeah. get random pop up notifications while you're playing a Steam title in Cloud Lift, and it would kick you off saying that you have multiple IPs or something like that logged, something like that. Wow. And it was a real issue. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I I remember they that they had a good idea concept, but it wasn't really well played. Because you kind of had to play by by Valve's rules because you're playing their games and you're giving away their CD keys to the games on their on their platform. Am I right that OnLive did it, did OnLive get permission from Valve to do this, or is this kind of a murky? I don't. Thing I don't. With, I don't recall. Um, it's been a while. Okay, I'm not sure. Mm. But again, it, it, it's, I think it is just such a telling thing. And I think for me, the idea of being able to offload the actual processing of the games into, so you don't have to own a gaming PC. You can just play the titles that you want to play on effectively what for all intents and purposes someone else's very fancy data center pc and you know again without knowing exactly what on live we're using tech stack wise i mean you know it, it's clear like obviously uh, geforce uh geforce now will use nvidia's data center level gpus mm-hmm. i know for example that 
um, Shadow, which is again this cloud PC. They can put up to give you a, a, a virtual machine that has the equivalent of a thirty seventy and an AMD Epic. Wow, which is an insane thing to have in, in the cloud. But I, I guess what makes a what makes a good cloud gaming solution because we you've talked about lag, you've talked about controller issues. What makes it? What are the key? Let me phrase this right in the right way. What would you say are the maybe the key things that you need to have done right for cloud gaming to work? I would think um, a solid infrastructure. You know, it needs to work. Dependability, um, mobility, portability with with you know the Steam Deck out now, and even I think it was like ASUS with whatever they're releasing. And oh, the Rog Ally, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, it, it, you know, mobile is just as strong as it probably ever has been. And the DS and Nintendo aren't by themselves anymore. They have competition. So if cloud, uh, isn't, didn't Sony just announce a cloud-based mobile device? Well, that's interesting. Sorry, Jay, uh, B. Oh, no, you're, you're right. Yeah. Because it's no? not cloud-based. Oh. it It is effectively a controller and a screen for playstation remote play remote play like what steam does with uh, i think steam link maybe yeah but the idea is you're going to need your ps5 on and connected to the internet it's not gonna you need a ps5 to, to get this thing so there's a huge a huge so you so you need to at least invest in a playstation 5 which for some folks might be a heavy investment to be able to play a mobile device so and you need to then have the playstation 5 online it's not I would like like the Rog Ally, which I believe is um, ex- focused on Xbox like, uh, Xbox Game Pass titles. That is cloud gaming, and the Logitech G Cloud. Oh yes, yeah, the uh, the uh, the the I think it's Logi mm. Cloud. Because I think mm. I think I think oh Logi, yeah Logi, yeah, 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 Logi Cloud, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Logitech G Cloud, yeah, it, yeah. it's. It, and I think one thing I, cause I have used the Vita, which I think is a, in my, in my opinion, is a predecessor v, Vita remote play mm. to the, to the, uh, the PS5s. Um, I forget the name of the, the new, of the new handheld from Sony. I but, forgot um, to, I forgot what it, yeah. And, um, I would always find that like a service like OnLive was more reliable because I'm getting it from a, cause data center. Yeah. Data center. A, yeah. Whereas, yeah. If it's my own hosted computer, even like SSHing into my into my Mac, you know, even connecting into my Mac remotely is much slower than if my Mac was hosted in the cloud. And I, and and I think re- remote play and, and stuff like that gets constrained. I mean, even Steam Link, I've done Steam Link over the internet, and it's mm-hmm. a lot slower. And you have to deal with like port forwarding and all this mm-hmm. other but stuff. But the last thing that I think that it, or one of the final things that I think that it should be reliant on is you need a solid community and following and mm-hmm. um, you, you just need that solidity and solidarity of the people that are backing you that will stick by you. Um, yes. If developers and publishers nowadays, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for, um, People in companies with causes, stories, um, things like that. And if a cloud gaming service had a supportive community, I think that the hurdle of signing up developers and publishers to release their content on that cloud gaming service 
would be much easier because I believe that that's a hurdle that a lot of the cloud companies are having right now. And that's being able to port over those AAA titles that people are asking for because the publishers just doesn't, they don't seem to be giving them up too easy, especially with their own cloud gaming services now available. This is true. This is true. You can't play. The only way to play Minecraft, for example, on the cloud is to have, I think it's Game Pass Ultimate to have the PC edition. Yeah. And, and, and I know like Activision Blizzard, but before they were bought, well, b- before they were, they were being bought by Microsoft, uh, so um, was banning the use of their games and their, on cloud services like, like, like Liquid Sky and Shadow and all that, because those services, you can, you can bring anything that you want to it, but, um, and, and I, I'm going to guess that they're probably going to work with Xbox X Cloud at, at some point. But yeah, um, I don't know how they're doing it, but Boosteroid has had Overwatch 2 for a very long time since it released, I think. And I think that they might be one of the only legit cloud gaming services with Overwatch 2 on. Inter- I haven't even, I've not even heard of them. Because yeah, I, 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 see, I see them. I see Fortnite, Rocket League. Okay. Okay. And run um, run PC games on low-level, outdated, or ultra portable. Mac, Linux, OS, iOS, Android, um, Chrome OS for smart TVs. It was, Holy I believe, crap. it was browser based. Oh, interesting! Ah, this is interesting. So they're doing a very similar thing. So they're doing this without downloads. This is cool. So it works through a browser. Is it is bring your own game? So you can bring Steam, uh, Epic, and more. No, it runs in a browser. No session time limits. Stream your gameplay to YouTube. This is a very interesting service. Yeah, because that's something that I, 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 um, and, and like I was hoping that would that like Amazon Luna, and it may be that way. I haven't, I have, been, I have not invested into Amazon Luna and looked into it as much as I, I thought because I have, a, I, I'm scared of cloud gaming services because of what happened on live. But I, 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 I was hoping for, with like Stadia that you could be able to play a game on Stadia and stream. Obviously, I would, I would love to have them stream to Twitch, but I know that they stream to they stream to YouTube. But yeah, that's very interesting because because if you can take off the because that, that is another thing to think about too. If, if people are streaming and they're already using their upload and download for streaming, to add that in for cloud gaming, unless you have fiber like like full symmetrical fiber, can be incredibly taxing on your. Yeah, on get your rid of that connection. coax and just go straight fiber optic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't don't talk to me about getting fiber <laughs> oh, no. installed. Thank you. <laughs> Same, same. My <laughs> parents' house has fiber, and, and, and I'm no longer. I living have fiber. There. I love it. Uh-oh. Oh, no! It, 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 oh, I'm trying. It, it, it's there's a lot of issues, but it is very interesting. Again, this whole like guess for me, what I'm seeing here, looking at like Boosteroid, the idea is look, look. This is let's see. It's this one is eight. So this is British pricing, not a uh, euro pricing. Sorry. Nine dollars eight nine euros eighty nine a month, so ten about ten euros a month, roughly. Okay, so that means that in a year it's a hundred and call it hundred and twenty euros. That means that what? How long would that? So let's say if it's equivalent to a decent gaming PC, that means it's probably going to take you five years, maybe, to be at the point where you spent more on the gate of a cloud gaming subscription than you have on building a half decent PC. And 
this intrigues me because, you know, as someone who had an out-of-date Mac, and certainly I'll use my nephew as an example here, he had a really, really bad laptop for a while. He's actually got a much better laptop now, but cloud gaming would have been perfect for him because the advantages of not having to worry about the hardware requirements, like, yeah, the cloud gaming service can handle it. That's a big draw, Absolutely. right? I mean, it, it's as they, I think they used to say that you could run this in a potato. I mean, like you, you were able to run services like on live on just about anything. And they were referring to it as the Netflix of, of gaming at one point. So if Boosteroid can somehow keep a, a good relationship with, um, with Blizzard and, and all them and just keep those titles on the service and as long as Blizzard keeps delivering what they are, and like Diablo 4, 4 I'm seeing nothing but people loving it. Um, Boosteroid might, you know, boost, you know, they, they might do really well in the future. And yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is getting that that developer support. And, and and I think a lot of these services are starting to fix the issue of getting developers support if they can run it more natively. Because that was one of online's biggest things is it took, I mean, I, I remember like, only a few some games I was able to buy day and date of release, but other ones were like, "We'll have it on live next year or in a year or two. Well, that that's some similar experience I'm having with GeForce now, which is what I'm using primarily for my cloud services right now. Um, for example, Evil Dead, the game, I, they have a, a release date for it. They say it's going to release on GeForce now on the same exact date. GeForce uh, now says, "Oh, it's not out yet." You ask them, do you have an ETA? They have absolutely no idea. You ask the developer, the publisher, they also have no idea. Um, and you're running in circles. If you want to play the game on launch night, you're sometimes you're SOL. Yeah. Hmm. And does GeForce now go through their, their their own marketplace, or do they or do they go through like Steam or one of the other marketplaces? Um, the if you have certain Steam games that you own, certain Uplay games that you own, and certain Epic games that you own. I think those are the uh, supported. Not Origin or anything okay. like that yet. So you, so you have at least backup if that service goes away. Um, yeah, you have to already own it. They don't sell games at all in GeForce now. They'll, they'll give you like a, a hyperlink to click on, and they redirect you to the launcher for that title, and you purchase it through them. I that is something that I that I going forward I want in any cloud service because I want to make sure that if it goes off if it, if it goes sideways I still have the ability to get that because I mean Steam I opened up my uh, Steam Deck uh, in the, in November and immediately every single game that's still on the service that I can download since the beginning of time ha- is there yeah I was like this is Half Life Two that I bought I bought the I signed up for Steam for the Half Life Two it's still there and I bought this when I was twelve. It, I mean, and that's that's a huge thing. Is that you know, for all Valve may have, you know, Valve have the problems, but they don't. They do keep games available now. It is an interesting one. This concept again. I'm just looking through some of the things like, oh, pardon me. So booster, um, boosteroid. Again, they've got an, maybe seem to have an agreement because they've got some games that are free. They don't sell games. So it's free with your subscription, but per purchase games you have to pay, buy through the store. I mean, I guess they've got agreements on which games they can put on the platform. GeForce now, as you said, effectively is just a way to play games that you already own. And there's so many different variants here. Again, it's one thing I am very curious about is this hybrid approach where uh, Nintendo are doing this, for example, at the moment on the Switch. 
Um, is it con- the ones I know about Control and the Hitman series are yes. what they call cloud editions? Now, from what I understand, that is basically saying, well, we know the Switch doesn't have the hardware performance to run these games. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you effectively a launcher on the Switch. You buy an access pass, and then and then you play the game effectively on our servers. You're still playing it through your Switch, but all the rendering is done on their data centers. But that's not really cloud gaming service. That's just a way of getting around hardware limitations on the Switch. I would consider it to be some sort of boost. Actually, James, is I may actually uh, real quick intervene right here. You know, like when you were actually saying the pa- the uh, about the pass, uh, you, you're referring to the Microsoft service, right? Um, oh, what for for um, for control and for Correct. the switch? Uh, no. Um, so when you the switch, so when you when you get, for example, Hitman, you don't buy it through the um, eShop directly. What you do is you download it, you get to test it to make sure it works, because mm-hmm. they're very keen on that. And then you buy an access pass to that game, and think through the eShop still, but it's it's effectively, you don't own... I don't quite understand how it works, but it's not the same as buying an eShop game. You're effectively... Because they could pull that at any point. Unlike a... You know, if you've got... So, for example, if I've got my Mario Kart card that's mine yeah i can play that might not be able to play it online but i can play the game whereas control yeah i i because I've, I've looked into this it, it is an it is a cloud gaming service like a data center but it's yes. specifically for that and um you, you're required to play online so you can't play it like on an airplane or a train and if that surface goes away i, th- I think they 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 guarantee for a certain period that kind of like whatever the, their probably their runway is for the service. Yes, they will pretty much advertise. You know, hey, by the way, guys, we're pulling this one out. Uh, it'll be available to anybody for this amount of time, as long as you paid it, you you bought it within this period. Oh, I mean, you pay for for it during this period. But is it? Well, I, I keep thinking when you were talking about how they use the cloud to make up for maybe a graphical hardware limitation on the Switch. It, it kind of reminds me of, I believe it's the new ASUS portable that has maybe a docking station or something like that. And there's also an external GPU that you could plug. The thing looks like a big hunk of metal. You plug into it and it gives it a graphical oh. boost. And I think that that's maybe like the local equivalent of a cloud-based version of what Switch is doing. Well, I mean, you're saying in reality, when you are actually do use a cloud service and they are you know there are quite a few of them out there and they all actually describe their services you know to appeal to the community so that they can actually be hey you know i'm here for you but in reality the cloud service yes that's exactly not only you are actually able to not need to purchase cds and actually take the space in your computer that's the whole purpose of the cloud service but yes their cloud services like you know, uh, game. Uh, uh, what do you call um, G- Game Pass? Uh, the, uh, not not the Game Pass. Uh, that the the, uh, the Nvidia GeForce. Yeah, yeah. GeForce uh, when now. you actually do use it, they do actually. Depending on the pay service, you're using their GPU interface for you know so that you can eliminate 
the the possibility that you are not going to be able to play it locally within your PC. So yes, not most cloud services they do actually do provide that. You not necessarily they actually advertise it, but it is there, and and that's one of the main reasons. Uh, to actually use cloud gaming, you yourself introduced me to the uh, to the NG, uh, to the G4 service, and I, I couldn't be happier with the fact that I'm able to play certain games on the cloud when my PC, even though I have a a good gaming PC, is five years old, should be old, no, but obviously, again, there's always something new, so there are some games that should I be able to play them with no problem? Absolutely, but for some odd reason I'm not able to but with the GeForce it's like wow it's like much faster than actually have it installed locally. Why Why do we think some companies like Apple I mean Apple could probably wipe the board with all their data centers and all that I mean and I mean they also know Apple can, might be able to utilize some other services but why do they avoid cloud gaming because it, it, it would make sense that it would be a great add-in and it would, they, they wouldn't have to worry about m- like their Mac gaming issues, you know, kind of like the fact that they're trying to get developer support for Mac gaming. If they could just cloud stream in the processing, why, why do you think they avoid cloud gaming? Oh, I personally think is, is several factors is the financial factor. It is actually, it's if most likely if you think, if you yourself think about it, is it, does it make sense now to make the financial investment to actually start developing a technology, not developing, but improving of our technology that's already been there for many years now, does it make sense to actually be in that competition? That will be one. Financially will be another one. And, you know, it's one thing that is you are not going to, uh, uh, what you call, you know, bet something that you know is you can is is you can afford to lose it, and then go ahead and actually, you know, go for it. Are they really going to take that chance? I don't believe that. Two, I mean, more like three. Uh, their software, everything that they actually have within their software, is proprietary to them. To actually think that they will have a cloud service system, that means not only the they will have to give access on their contracts to all of these gaming companies so that they can go ahead and actually have access to a program that is being proprietary to Apple. So now there is more individuals that they are going to be able to actually have access to an engine that, you know, is always being for Apple. um, I feel that um, expenses is the number one. And not just because it costs, you know, a tremendous amount of money for multiple, or, you know, uh, an infinite amount of data centers throughout the entire world. Forget the cloud gaming aspect. They're going to need ex- exclusives. This is going to be an investment in creating their own development company. I mean, Stadia tried it. They scrapped it. You know, um, this is not a, just an investment in cloud gaming. This is an investment in creating your own gaming development company from the ground up and they they may not want to roll that die and take that risk right now when they can rely on services like nvidia geforce now booth and all the other ones that are currently available shadow no 
Yeah, because like I, I, because they even like making a. Uh, I, I know that they've invested in a little bit in like in like Apple Arcade, but even then, that's local games, uh, and a lot, a lot of those are developers that they that are already making games that they just say, "Hey, bring it, bring it to your service." I, and I haven't you. touched a Mac in forever. I mean, I know like when you and I were on online fans, there were countless threads of people just bad mouthing Mac and talking about how they wanted to use on live on the Mac and how they. There were even like wine dedicated threads where people were running wine on Linux and things like that. Like, um, have I haven't touched a Mac in forever? Have they progressed regarding playing games since then? Like, can, is there a substantial amount of games that are playable on a Mac now? I would definitely say there's there's a there's uh, more there's more yeah there's more Zep Arcade. There's they keep trying to get developer support, but they're not getting enough support in my opinion to get enough market share because like they at the least wwdc announced game mode and some improvements to porting and all that but it's still trying to court the developers and they had a fight with epic and which hurts a little bit of their unreal (laughs) support like commercials and observations and stuff like that like microsoft for windows tries to push for like they had a, a, a commercial where it or an ad where it was people playing a racing game on, on windows, on windows 11. And they, it seems that they try to at least dedicate some of their marketing towards a demographic that is gaming. Uh, Apple, you don't really see that they cater more to a professional or, or influencers or people who are, are creators and not necessarily people who are just going to be playing games. If they're going to be playing games, then they're, probably playing one like Fortnite or something like that, that they're going to be streaming to which and things like that, which I don't know if Fortnite's readily available on Mac. I, I'm guessing it is. Oh, I, I Oh no. Well, wah, wah, uh, wah. Yeah. <laughs> actually it, it, real quick, it, think about another reason why Apple may not actually want to really get into the, uh, the gaming is you think about it within their own operating system versus Microsoft. I like my iPhone, but I rather actually have a Windows PC than a Mac PC or a, or a, or an iPad or anything like that. And there is one big difference between the two. When you're using Microsoft, Microsoft will continue developing their, their operating systems and updating them. And along the line, you can still have that OS as long as your computer can actually support the minimal requirements for it. So you can go ahead and actually play all these video games, and all of a sudden Windows 11, Windows Windows 12 is going to come out down the line. You're still going to be able to use those games on those computers because the hardware is still supports the operating system, while Apple, on the other hand, they continuously keep upgrading their hardware, but they'll go ahead and scrap a specific amount of uh, operating systems to the point where they actually they are no longer supported. Past this particular model is no longer supported. So their operating systems are actually put to pasture much faster than the hardware itself. So if you were to actually buy a game, it will force them to continuously keep upgrading their operating system for those people who buy games so that they can continuously still support the people who have the older versions of PCs. It's an interesting take. I mean, so Apple, because Apple are, they move a lot faster than Microsoft do to end of life versions of macOS. It's, 
but also what you <laughs> Windows 10 and Windows 11 are a little bit different to macOS in terms of how they're supported because yes you're you're 100% right so uh, Apple's pol- unofficial policy is always tended to be that they will support the current version of OS so at the moment that's Ventura um later this year that'll be Sonoma and then typically we'll provide security versions for current and two back now that that is three year typically three years one sorry yeah if your if your device can't run the latest version of macOS you tend to have two to three years of additional life before there's any and that's assuming they don't do security updates randomly because they can the problem is that people assume that that means Microsoft keep Windows 10 supported a lot longer that's not quite the case what microsoft tend to do more is they'll kill off older versions of windows 10 so for example i don't know where we stand at the moment i will put a link to the microsoft support but they will kill for example uh 1804 or 1810 uh so we did really i think at the moment are we at 20 maybe we're at 23 h1 right now whatever they do weird number schemes but those are what gets killed killed off and unsupported possibly i would say still slower than apple because they've got a lot more enterprise customers but windows 10 if you if you have a pc running windows 10 from Mm -hmm. say five years ago that version of windows 10 will not be supported but the current version of windows 10 will does that make more sense oh no i understand yeah absolutely yeah, but you are right. And Apple, the problem with Apple in gaming, their hardware, their hardware for years was not good enough to run games. The, the look, this this iMac that I'm on right now, beautiful machine, 27 inch, 5K, 64 gig of RAM. It's got quad core i7 7700K, as we talked about before, and it's got an 8 gig Radeon Pro 580. On paper, and indeed in Windows, this is a really decent little gaming machine. But because developers aren't on board, and because it's so much work to port games to a Mac at the moment, the hardware, and the cooling on these is not good. But when you start talking about what they've done with the Apple Silicon stuff, those Apple Silicon chips can blow high-end Windows gaming PCs out of the water. But again, the problem is Apple just... Apple just are, Developers are not interested in working on Apple's platform yet. I will be very interested to see what the result of this game porting toolkit they've just announced this week will actually be. Whether it is a Steam Deck level compatibility tool that will shake up gaming support on Mac. But cloud gaming, they've got Apple Arcade. They've got Switch-like, well, yeah, Switch-like casual gaming across all their devices. And Jay, I think you brought up an interesting point because because uh, James about the, the support, and I think Windows has huge a huge loyal fan base of gamers. I remember when I when I got into streaming more, they said go Windows, go Windows, get a PC, go gaming PC, <laughs> and and like and and one reason OnLive was successful was it had a community. I mean, even the online fans forum, I think, sold a lot of people because I remember when I was looking to OnLive, I looked at the online fans forum, saw there were people there, and I downloaded the trial. It was immediately in Xbox Cloud, so I I I think yeah, Apple Apple doesn't want to get into it because they're struggling already to get into gaming, and I think the expense because Apple Apple has money in their in their bank, 
but they don't they don't try to spend it foolishly if that makes sense not that the cloud gaming service out here but stadia google realized oh we need to put that our cloud infrastructure into the behind the scenes so i, I know stadia is used elsewhere enterprise wise but it's no longer consumer facing and, and and i i i i know amazon probably that won't doesn't care as much because amazon probably corners the market on amazon web services they that they yeah adding a little bit of of extra money for Amazon Luna that they can kind of write off doesn't probably doesn't really affect them at the end of the day. Microsoft with their with Azure probably can write off. Oh, they can write off its cloud as the amount of income they will get from Azure, from Azure, uh, Azure or whatever um, is huge, and them developing cloud gaming um, all uh, on, under the Xbox brand only helps them sell more think i mean think about it if you buy a surface go for example one of their cheaper laptops mm-hmm. they're cheap yeah then what you bundle in is oh hey here's xbox game pass ultimate with x cloud don't worry that this thing's got virtually no graphics performance you can still play all the games as long as you've got an internet connection <laughs> yep and apple or and microsoft is the only way right now, well, actually, no, after looking at Boosteroid, I can't say the only way, but it's one of the only ways to play Fortnite on the iPhone because you can literally, and I think my, Microsoft even writes off access to Fortnite for free, obviously, because the internet purchases in the V-Bucks go through Microsoft services, so yes. they can make money there, but you can play Fortnite for free without having having X cloud subscription on the iPhone, and I know a lot of people who play it that way, so yeah. Is is there Jay? Is there an iOS version of uh, GeForce Now that you can play Fortnite on? I think that they did that for um, Fortnite on Android, so you could play it on there. You could use GeForce Now. I think. Oh, one second. Let's have a look. I, do you know I looked at this because I looked at the iPad. I, I think there is. Look, give me one second. I'll... I know it was in beta. I don't know if it was a closed beta for a bit or not. Mm. I did one because I looked at that before. I, got, I looked at all sorts of ways of yeah of doing gaming. There's at least here. There's Shield TV. Um, mm. I, I'm in the UK app store, so it may not be that they launched it in the UK. Oh, Shield TV is a, a different thing. No, it would be it would be under GeForce uh, now. Oh no the the Nvidia Shield TV lets you log into your favorite Shield Now games on Shield TV. Oh, okay. Never mind. The, yeah, Vasper controlling the Shield TV. Yeah, I, so it may not be launched in the in the UK because because that is one well, thing. Well, hang on, are you on your iPhone? I'm on my iPhone. We may have made it iPad only because you can do that. What's this? Cloudy, full screen. Ah, interesting. There's, iOS Safari. Okay, oh, so it's through Safari, Safari on iOS. Right. Oh yes, because Apple have not yet allowed those sort of services into the App Store. And I and I know a lot of that has been advances in WebKit and stuff like that. If OnLive could have had that through Safari, it may have got because I think because I can't remember if XCloud's officially there. So um, I I obviously know that uh, that um, there's like so much more we could talk about, but my I I want to end on like some 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 just a closing question. Like, are we any better than when OnLive was around? And what where do we see the like? Do we see the future being there, or is it kind of a sky high pipe dream, if if you will, to use a cloud terminology? I think I, I feel that there's been progress um, regarding certain aspects. I 
think that there's features that were available back around on live days that still have yet to get properly implemented and used and taken advantage of. And that could be due to, you know, many different reasons, privacy concerns, security, things like that. Um, I, I think that cloud gaming is going to be with us forever. I think that it's just going to be jammed down our throats until we finally give in and accept it. I've heard so many people like rumors of like the next PlayStation is going to be fully cloud and things like that. I mean, it's bound to eventually happen. I mean, but the weirder things have happened though. I mean, like vinyl is coming back and more popular than ever. I mean, who knows if physical media like for games for consoles is going to blow up in the future and just might leave cloud in the dust and we might just forget it and it might become archaic, an archaic concept. I have no idea. I, I was listening to the Slopes Game Room today on documentary about, a, about about some stuff, and there's actually some developers who are not making digital games anymore. I know that's digital download games, but there are some, there are some developers who are making mm-hmm. games physically for a limited run show, physical media, and, and, they're, and they're not doing um, digital downloads, which is kind of mind-blowing that like uh, like developers are foregoing a digital thing for that very reason. I mean, it's... it's And yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think it should be here forever. It's who knows if it's going to be in the same way that I, I, I mean, who knows if Google will turn around and be like, Hey, we're back. We're back again. (laughs) Yeah. It's evolutionary. That's how it is. It was just actually what you call simple green screen games. Uh, first a few cancels and, uh, what you call, uh, it was, uh, games in CDs, then DVDs. They will say actually downloadable content. And now there is a cloud. So it's just continuously keep moving forward. Well, one thing I will say that I'm very grateful that we are better at across kind of everything is the concept of cloud saves. Yes. The ability mm-hmm. to save games like Breath of the Wild. Now, we haven't started playing Tears of Kingdom yet because we haven't bought it. But the point being, if something ever happened to my Switch, I know that my, te- my Breath of the Wild save is safe. I know that my Subnautica saves are now, because when they did be updated to Subnautica, they fully embraced uh, Steam's uh, cloud save, because apparently it was problematic. Well, that made it a lot easier to come from the Mac version I had onto, because me and Jay both have, uh, as many of you know, both have Steam decks. But that sort of connectivity um, is brilliant. Also, I think, for me, one thing I really like is how how well, again, we, barring the issues of ownership and, like, you know, what happens if Steam were ever to shut down, Steam has done so much for making games easy to purchase and easy to, effectively, easy to uninstall a game because it's taking up too as much space, but still be confident that your game's there in the store and mm. your save data's there. Uh, has to do with, you know, they have a really good launcher. I mean... <laughs> I mean, how many iterations have they really made? I mean, it really still kind of resembles the original one from, you know, back in the day. I mean, and it's, like you said, ease of use. It couldn't be more simpler to purchase a game and uninstall it using the Steam launcher. Yeah, it really does work, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see the, the future. I mean, I, 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 a lot of the speculation is because it's it's like, we're, we still don't know where it is. I'm, I'm going to say that I'm going to be very skeptical of a service that, doesn't let me own the game and i i 
I would probably say that that seems like one of the things that a lot of games have, have learned. I mean, Stadia, from what I understand, is refund to everybody who's bought games there, which is pretty incredible by, by Google standard. I mean, that is, I mean, that they had the, the one, one, the capital to refund that, but two, the fact that they, they're like, Hey, we're not going to do this. So here, here you go back. And they even unlocked the controller to be used yeah. as a Bluetooth thing. That was cause like my own life controllers. Are just sitting collecting dust. I own probably like six. I, I hate to be that person in that voice, but I mean, sh- it's kind of sad on the other hand that it's come to the point where we think it's kind of like admirable that a such a large company that Google took the time to refund everyone for the content that they purchased and spent money on that they no longer have access to. Like, it's not like they don't have the funds. The refund everybody it should have been a given and the fact that like a lot of people were impressed by it i mean i sound very kind of bitter about it but it's like it should have been a given it should have been a given that they would have done it and the fact that we feel that we're, we're kind of it's a special thing that they refunded everybody it, i don't know <laughs> i think they should have done it without question and the, but they did and that, that that is admirable just i think i don't know <laughs> <laughs> It's, 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 it, I with you. it feels weird to be thanking a company. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I actually, I be honest. I was, I was excited for Stadia. I was, I was hesitant. I kept thinking, when's it going to happen? Mm-hmm. When are they going to close down? But I'm like, for a company that, that they actually did no evil. They were like, Hey, we're going to get, we're going to give you any money back and, and all that. And I, I think I want to, um, to also say, um, thank you to, to you both for, for, for coming on, joining us in our, in our cloud, um, and, and being here. Uh, where can we find you both on the, I, I always like to say this phrase from the cast days. Where can we find you on the interwebs? Well, we have, um, <laughs> our, our business is Thoughtable Network and you could check us out there at thoughtable.io and we are on Twitter, um, I'll just give you the contact info to post if you don't mind, because I can't remember it off the top of my head. But we also have a Discord server and all this other stuff. But Thoughtable.io, everything should be up. And uh, and and James, any and, and James and Jay and Omega, any closing thoughts just as we as we wrap up? I, I mean, any final thoughts? No, other than this has been a lot of fun. It's been really interesting to get a glimpse of what cloud gaming used to be. And Jay, at some point, you need to find my on live micro console, and we need to. Um, uh, I think we need to uh, get some photos of that for uh, for Ooh. some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Every time I ask somebody that says they have it, if I think it's sent it to me, they're like, "But I'm using it as a doorstop." I'm like, "Damn!" <laughs> 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 no, how dare they? And Jay, I think you should donate. I think you should donate yours to uh, to Jay. <laughs> I, I will. I will. If I find it, I, you will definitely get it. And I think with that, I am going to terminate our cloud. Sub- connection and roll the outro thanks for listening to this episode of cross wires we hope you've enjoyed our discussion and we'd love to hear your thoughts so please drop us a note over to podcast at crosswires.net you can also drop us a comment on the post or if you're a good pod user why not start a discussion there too you can also join our new Discord server at crosswires.net forward slash Discord. We've got forum channels for each episode, and we'd love you to join the discussion there. You can also follow us on Mastodon at crosswires at mastodon.social. And of course, you can find the show in all the good podcast apps, 
And all the really bad ones, too. More of our content, head on over to crossedwires.net slash YouTube for all our videos. And keep an eye on our Twitch channel at crossedwires.net slash live for our upcoming streams. If you like what you've heard, please do drop a review in your podcast directory of choice. It really does help spread the word about the show. And of course, if you can spare even the smallest amount of financial support, we'd be incredibly grateful. You can support us at ko-fi.com slash crossedwires. That is ko-fi.com slash crossedwires. Until next time, thanks for listening.